0: This is the Church Planning Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Every week we sit down with leaders who are shaping church planning efforts. Here's your hosts, Josh Taransky and Clint Clifton. Hey, welcome to the Church Planting Podcast. My name is Josh Taransky, and I'm joined by Clint Clifton. Clint, it's good to be back with you for another episode.
1: Thank you, Josh. I appreciate how consistent you are. You like every time you say the exact same thing.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'll try to vary that. Yes, I I will switch it up. No, no, Uh, I I
1: was complimenting you. It's like I, I can't do anything with consistency in my life. So the fact that you can even remember the words is amazing to me.
0: Yeah, well, we uh, are weekly, and we're enjoying that consistency, and yeah. we, we're coming back with another episode. It's going to
1: be That's fun. That's right. Um, you know what's different about this podcast than other podcasts? Me. We tell are, um, we don't have seasons. We just, every week, there's an episode. You so say you're like, sure. you. sometimes you might be like, hey, I wonder if there's an episode of the Church Planning Podcast this week. The answer is yes, of course there is. There's always an episode.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah, we've never run a rerun. Yep. We might do that sometime, but I mean, we have not yet. So it's a little bit different than other ones. So we're doing it every week. you know, Good, bad or ugly. We're doing it.
0: And it's unique because um, not only do we have a guest that you interview being Jen Wilkins, yeah. but you, this is, is this the debut episode for uh, your wife, Jennifer?
1: You know, she's been on a couple times, but in okay. a very backgroundy kind of role and uh that's it's, right yes
0: that's yeah. i remember with christmas with christmas she, she was, was in on the christmas
1: and then also on the plat episode where we talked about the book something needs to change she also was on that one. you yeah.
0: you had her on because you're speaking with jen wilkins in mm-hmm. this episode yeah and, it seems
1: wrong um, to talk with jen wilkin without having my wife there because yeah i'm probably gonna say something stupid you know
0: no it's it's awesome so um as Pastors are tuning in, church planters are tuning in, listening to this conversation. Well, first of all, church planters may think like, what is a woman leader going to have to say for me as I'm going through the church planting process? So real quick, make this relevant for the church planter before they uh, tune out.
1: Yeah, here's the relevance. 55% of the people in your church are female. I mean... That's right. You know, I mean, honestly, all of us are more, we have more females in our church than males, uh, generally. Um, yep. that's usually, I think, st- I think like evangelical wide, that number's like more like 60 some odd percent of church attenders evangelical wide or okay. female. So, I mean, yeah, we absolutely have to figure out in the church planting game, how to, how to relate to women in a way that's biblically faithful, uh, but is also, you know, uh, engages them in real and meaningful ways. Um, and mm-hmm. even figuring out how to, you know, I'm almost afraid I'm going to say something wrong around, you know, I got these like smart, competent, godly, awesome women in my church and I want to utilize them for the work of the ministry, just like I do the smart, godly guys. I just don't know quite how to do that or everybody kind of has a different place in terms. So we get to talk to Jen about that a little bit. And I just thought like, I eh, have my wife in a room for that's probably a great, great idea.
0: Yeah. No, it's awesome. It's great to have her, and I'm glad you were able to get Jen. I mean, Jen Jen Wilkins is a household name. People that are familiar with the Gospel Coalition and listening to other ministry podcasts um, will uh, are going to hear a familiar voice. In this particular interview, is there anything that you really want the church planter to key in on? Uh, yeah,
1: my wife's uh, reading voice is beautiful. First of all, and as is everything about her. Um, uh, I don't want you key in too much on that, but that's, that's true. I mean, she's, she's on there and I just like to have her involved in anything I'm doing whenever I can talk her into it. And she's usually, um, she's usually busy doing important things. And so I try to talk her into being on my podcast every now and then. But, um, so that, but Jen, I mean, it's very obvious when you listen to this conversation that Jen Wilkin is, you know, like a step above the average individual you talk to in terms of the amount of time she spent in the word and just kind of her, her wit and her, you know, how bright she is. She's, Mm. she's thought about the church and about uh, a woman's role in the church and about the word in so many different ways that it's just like, I mean, she comes across like with crystal clarity and it's, it's always interesting and fun to talk to somebody like that. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, we're really grateful that she gave the interview and made some time for this. Um, we do really value the role of women in the church planting process. And um, one of the things I love to tell our um, our, our women's group in our uh, church meets uh, so the older women meet in my home with my wife. And sometimes I'll pop my head in and just remind them that great movements in church history have began with women praying together and seeking the Lord. And so it is, man, if you don't have women on board in your church planting process, then you're going to be dysfunctional and deeply flawed. So cool. Let's jump right into this episode with with Jen.
1: After a word from our sponsor. That's right. Most pastors and church leaders I know have an aspiration to write. They've got an idea for a book rolling around the back of their mind somewhere, something that's kind of been percolating for a long time that they don't quite know what to do with. Well, if that's you and you have an aspiration to write, I want you to know my friend, Brad Bird. Brad runs an organization called Wade Stone, and they're dedicated to this process of helping aspiring authors get ready to publish. So contact my friend, Brad Bird over at Wade Stone. And if you're a church planning podcast listener, he's doing this really generous thing. And he's offering 25% off of the first coaching session just for mentioning that you listen to the church planning podcast so reach out to brad at his website wadestoneinc.com and tell him you listen to the podcast and ask him to help you
2: get ready to write
3: thank you jen for sitting down and talking with us today um we know you're busy but um yeah
2: thank you for giving us time oh i'm happy to have the chance thanks for having me on
1: Hey, Jen, would you tell us about um, the time that you were involved in a church plant? You, th- you were telling me I <laughs> had a time that you've been involved in a church plant before.
2: Yeah, my eye has almost stopped twitching from that time. <laughs> no, it was it was actually a really, the Bible that I carry was given to me by that that church plant. Uh, so it would have been, I think, 2007, we helped Plant a small church outside of Houston.
4: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, for about six months, we were part of this plant before we moved up to Dallas. And we met in a movie theater. Okay. And Jeff and I, my husband Jeff and I, were responsible for running the children's ministry out of theater number two while oh, everybody wow. was in worship in theater number one. And uh, it was really hard. Yeah. It was really hard. Church planning is hard and also <laughs> really rewarding. And I taught a Bible study for the women in somebody's yeah. home during the week. And it was just, you know, all hands on deck.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you, you jokingly say you were twitching, like when you left. Well,
2: we, we joked that we were there for the hardest six months yeah. of any church plant, and then we just left. Yeah. And they're doing great. The church is thriving still, and so it's been fun to watch that
1: oh, Good. Continue. Well, your uh, ministry has been really helpful to lots of the women who are part of our church planning work, and so we wanted to just uh, ask you some questions about your perspectives sure. on church planning and, yeah. and, and the Word. Yeah.
3: So in your role at Village, you have responsibilities for, for adult education, and um, what advice would you give to planters um, regarding Christian education in the local church?
2: Yeah, I know when you plant a church, there are so many things that you have to deal with immediately, you know, things that you have to get in place, and, and usually the the primary concern is like, how are we going to get the weekend the weekend gathering to be what it should be. And that is absolutely the place to start. Then the next place that people begin to think about is like, how can we get people connected to one another? And that is also absolutely the the next place to go to. But what can happen then is, um, Uh, is that we forget to put in place the other mechanisms that we need to to make disciples. And what we have learned over the years at The Village and what I've seen elsewhere is that there's a difference between a community group and a learning environment. Mm -hmm. And community groups are really good at having discussions, uh, but those discussions are not necessarily active learning environments Mm -hmm. where people are actually growing in their ability Mm -hmm. to know the scriptures or to understand doctrine. And so um, we have found that even, and, and I, I actually have a really good friend who's just church planted in the last year and a half or so, and one of the things he committed to do was out of the gate to make sure that he had space in the calendar for dedicated learning environments. Mm-hmm. So whereas in a community group, your highest state of purpose would be developing mm-hmm. relationship, yeah. and that's great. Uh, in a learning environment, your highest state of purpose is learning. It's just a classroom mm-hmm. setting, and so, Um, If a church planner waits too long to think about that piece of the education puzzle, then, mm-hmm. then what will end up happening, I see it specifically with women who are looking for a, a Bible study space, mm-hmm. they will go somewhere else. Uh, and it'll it'll be like, well, that's fine. They can go to, you know, parachurch organization down yeah. the road until we're ready to do this ourselves. Mm-hmm. But then when it's finally time to introduce it into the church plant formula, yeah. those people are bought in somewhere where they have something that's predictable and that they trust, and it's very hard to yeah. get them back. So if at all possible, and as early as possible, mm-hmm. be thinking about how you can incorporate learning environments into uh-huh. your plans to build um, fully formed followers of Christ.
1: Yeah, And just so we're not misinterpreting what you mean when you describe a learning environment.
2: So, actually, we have a very specific way we talk about it at the Village. Uh, a lot of people think of a learning environment as passive, so it's where someone stands up and downloads content mm-hmm. to people who are sitting in a room, but we're talking about almost like what you would expect um, in high school or junior college or college where there's work that you do on your own. Okay. Might just be as simple as doing some reading before you come, right. and then there's a time where you discuss with your peers, and then there is time where you have teaching from someone who has done the work to understand the material. Mm -hmm. Um, But those three things, and we actually like them done in that order because Mm -hmm. if you have the small group discussion time after the teaching time, then the learner is going to talk about what they were taught instead Mm -hmm. of about how their thinking is developing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, those are really, really important elements.
1: That's really helpful. Yeah.
2: So Clint
3: and I interact a lot with church-planting families, and often the wives are struggling with their um, identity of what their role is. Mm -hmm. On one hand, she wants to respect biblical teaching on leadership Mm -hmm. in the church, but on the other hand, she wants to be involved. She wants to be helpful.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say to a woman
3: wrestling with that?
2: Well, I think if you look at, like right now, our Bible study is going through the book of Acts, so I'm like, ready to have a church-planting podcast, right? (laughs) Right. It's the church planning uh, book, no, but one of the things that you see there, and and you even see it starting in the Gospel of Luke and in the other Gospels, is these active roles that women play in the life of the early church. And that was one of the things that made Christianity stand out in the ancient world was that it was a place for women. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that complementarianism has perhaps over communicated its message is that people have slipped into a pattern of thinking that leadership is masculine and uh, that that for a woman to lead in any capacity is to usurp authority. Mm -hmm. But the model that we see in the New Testament is that women lead. They don't lead in every capacity that a qualified pastor elder leads Uh in but they it doesn't mean that they don't lead it just Uh means that they lead where they are called to lead in the church as a church mother so one of the things when we started looking at this at the village we've done a lot of work around this uh for our own purposes of how we were going to staff and um resource was that we we looked at what is the overarching thing that scripture is saying about the church Mm -hmm. and it's it's a metaphor of family and so I would encourage a church planter's wife to remember that any nuclear family that we look at and say, Oh, that's a healthy nuclear family. Mm -hmm. It has a mother and a father Mm -hmm. and children. And so it may be if she's someone who has the gifting and the impulse to do so that she is called to be a visible church mother in Mm -hmm. her church plant. Uh, I know Mm -hmm. that not all church planting wives feel that some yeah. of them would rather not, um, step into a role like that. Mm-hmm. And and I believe the Lord provides another woman mm-hmm. who can, if that is not her gifting or her, her desire. Um, but we don't want motherless churches. We yeah. want churches where the women of our church and, and the, those who are, those who are coming up behind have visible mm-hmm. women that they can go to for the wisdom that a church mother brings that is different mm-hmm. than that, that they might hear from a church father.
1: I think I can, uh, d- deduce what you mean by a church mother, mm-hmm. but can you make it a little bit more practical yeah. and help help maybe mm-hmm. the lady who's struggling to mm-hmm. figure out, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, that resonates with me. I want to mm-hmm. be that, how, they, how she could do that.
2: Yeah, she would be available to those who are younger in the faith to yeah. help with mentoring and with um, the wisdom that she might have from being a little older or having more time in the word and scriptures or in ministry than they do. Uh, It might be that she has, I mean, you know, not all mothers are the same. So not all church mothers would be the same. It might be that her gift of hospitality is something the church needs. It might be that her gift of administration or her gift of teaching is something that the church needs. Um, But uh, to to be asked, instead of asking, what am I permitted to do, um, to begin to ask, well, wait, what might I do? You know, when you operate from a place of Christian freedom and you understand, oh, I'm not... Not trying to be the pastor right but what might i do that can make this whole thing run uh-huh. as a as a healthy household uh-huh. would okay that's super helpful yeah this one yep
3: often in our church planning situations the people reached have little to no biblical knowledge how would you steer a new christian in their first interactions of god's word
2: oh absolutely the first step in growing in your knowledge of the scriptures is just reading so a lot of people think it's studying or like you know um, or or reading what someone said about the Bible Mm. or reading what someone said about the Bible while you're reading the Bible so having your study Bible out where you can read those notes as you're going along and I would say that the most baseline step is hey read it like if you are uh, if you have someone in your church who doesn't know the Bible at all say hey this week why don't you read this chapter Mm. read it four times and then let's sit down and talk about it.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And so because the piece that they're missing and the piece that here's the deal. It's actually a great leveler because even in giant churches where people mm-hmm. have been in church for 30 years, most people don't have firsthand knowledge, comprehension of the text. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. People who have been in the church for 30 years are loaded down with what someone said the Bible says, but don't often themselves know what mm. the Bible says. So this is actually a gift you can give to the person who is a new believer mm. or who has no experience of the Bible, but it's also often a gift you can give to someone who's been in the church their whole lives. And it's just reading repetitively so that they begin to be able to even comprehend mm. the sense of what the author wanted to communicate. Mm. That's great. Then you can follow up in your time with them with, you know, helping them get to interpretation and application. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. If there's a church planner listening today who wants to empower women to play meaningful roles in their church, but doesn't know how to get started, how would you advise him?
2: Well, usually if someone has gone through the process to become a church planner, they've had seminary training, they've gone through the, the, typical, the typical pathways, and those pathways tend to be populated heavily, if not entirely, by men, which means that as they step into a church planning role, their networks are male and that's understandable but it means that when you begin to say wait is there a role that i just think of putting a guy in because that's who i know but if i were just looking at the scriptures i couldn't really justify that that's a role that has to be reserved for either a pastor, elder, or, or just a man, um, then, then why wouldn't I consider either a man or a woman for that role?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, I understand the complicating factor of when you have a very small staff, your first hire is probably not going to be a woman because it looks creepy and it can mm-hmm. frankly be creepy. But, <laughs> but as time passes and you have you know, a developing sense of what roles you're going to need I know that the typical first hire for a woman is to put her in that children's ministry role. Mm -hmm. But what if you either had a broader role description for her or you were actively thinking about how soon can I get a woman into a role that might be helpful to Mm -hmm. our growing staff because of her unique perspective, but also because she's qualified to do it, whether she's a male or a female. Mm -hmm. And so in particular, in areas that involve counseling, really really important mm. uh, in a in a church plant that's very small that they have a woman who is able to mm. receive the stories of women and who has the credibility mm. to take those stories to the men in the organization yeah. there's more to it than that but yeah. that's one of the benefits
1: one of the things that comes to mind when you say that is, I, I, we had um, when we planted, we had this uh, gal on our team, and she was a single gal, and she uh, just joined up right away, mm-hmm. and we started sort of referring her to her as the single female disciple maker, like it was, a, it was the role she yeah. had. Well, she was just a volunteer and loved Jesus and wanted to serve and build the church. But she became really critical in the life of the church because there was this 50% of the population or yes, more absolutely. that I couldn't sit down with and have a cup of coffee and kind of walk mm-hmm. through with, the wind, you know, without mm-hmm. it being creepy, like you said. So um, <laughs> she, uh, man, she just played this critical role. And I'm always encouraging church planters now to go and seek someone out like that. Can you think of anything other than that that you have seen? Uh, you know, in a way of making this practical, in existing churches or church plants where women have played this like super meaningful role in this in the staff.
2: Oh yeah, I mean at the village we we went and evaluated every, and we're a, we're a large church with a yeah. large staff. We went through and we evaluated every position mm-hmm. on the org chart and asked, does this require to be filled by a pastor elder? Mm-hmm. And if it didn't, then the next question was to ask. Um, Can we look to, assuming a role was open, Mm -hmm. um, let's let's interview both men and women for it. We think it's good to have either a man or a woman in this role. And then just finding qualified applicants who were female was difficult because women tend to assume that they would not be considered for right. a role that's been traditionally held by a man. So they don't even apply. Uh-huh. So we had to be really explicit in our listings for a job application to say, no, this is a role that's open to men or women. And uh-huh. here are the here are the qualifications for it. Because uh, your problem is not just that men have all-male networks, it's that women have the expectation these roles will not be offered to them or that uh-huh. they shouldn't seek them because there's a perception they're trying to take something that's not theirs. Yeah. So I think when it comes – the other factor at play here is when it comes to women serving in churches, they do have a tendency to serve in a volunteer capacity for eons, and some of it has to do with that expectation, well, no one would ever pay me to do this, but um, if we were to change that expectation, and as a church planner, for him to be saying, okay, I know I need to hire these next several roles, and they're going to be men, mm. but then how quickly can I look for a way to bring a woman on and make sure that I've communicated clearly that we we want to dignify your work by, yeah. by paying you? We think it's that important. The funny thing to me with so many church planners is how their second hire is always a full-time worship pastor, um, which is fine. I mean, you need you need someone who can lead worship, but it's like, How long does that delay how much time it will take you to be able to offer a position of any kind to a woman who's going to be able to represent and serve over half of the people who are coming to your church in a way that you might not be able to. Yeah.
3: What is missing in the local church if a woman's voice isn't represented or heard in or through her church
2: leadership? I think what can often happen, most churches don't have an absence of female voices speaking into rooms. It's that those voices may not be as representative as they need to be. So the way that this can often go in a church plant is the pastor says, well, my wife is telling me how things are as a member of this church and being a woman, or maybe it's that he has an elder board in place and he's like, well, my elder's wives are a resource to me on this. And those women absolutely should be giving input. They do have a role to play in women being, women's needs or um, concerns being represented or women's perspective. Mm. However, they don't often have a normative experience of being a woman in that church. They are invited to things. Mm. They are welcomed in. They do have community that's pre-existing, even among the elders and, and their wives. And so, if those are the voices that a church planner is hearing from, that's fine, but they ought not to be the only voices. Mm. At some point, he needs to expand his circle of influence to a woman who is in the church mm. who her husband may not have any you know, role of yeah. note in, in the church plant, um, but that her own opinion is valued because she has credibility yeah. as, as a disciple of Christ. So mm. that would be one thing I would love to see be more top of mind
1: yeah mm-hmm. we've got several uh, I'm think as you're talking I'm thinking of women in our ministry mm-hmm. that I really value their perspective on the word and their um, their just their perspective and mm-hmm. i and I find myself all the time asking them like how do you see this how do you think about this but in mm-hmm. a very informal way yeah. you know yeah. it's usually like through a, a right. text or right. an email hey help me work through this yeah. you know Yeah. Uh,
2: for- women women do better with formal channels of input. Yeah, they that do.
1: is really, I mean, yeah. I've never even thought I shouldn't, I, I should have found a more formal way to do that mm-hmm. um, until
4: you said that. Well,
2: and here's a big issue with it. For the woman who's not uh, married to yeah. the pro- to the problems or successes of the church, yeah. um, she needs to be able to be a disruptor. The, mm. the elders' wives are probably not going to say, hey, Pastor Jimmy, that was a, that sermon was a miss last week because they have a (laughs) relational component there that might make that uh, uncomfortable for them. So that's another beautiful thing about having someone who is sort of an outlier who Uh is like, no, I can come in here and you've given me permission to say things that these other women who are bought in relationally in a way that I'm not um, can't maybe say because they're afraid of offending or something like that. And then she can very respectfully Mm -hmm. offer her vantage point on something. And I would just also say, as quickly as possible, give her a buddy. It is very hard to be the lone female voice who's playing in that uh-huh. role. It's just pretty easy for someone to say, "Oh, wow. I think maybe she has an axe to grind. She's not really here to help." Yeah. And so, um, but 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 what these women these women are in our congregations. If they're needful for the body, then they're somewhere we need to find them and identify mm. them. We need to have eyes for it, and and we have to always be reminding ourselves: these are women who. They don't want to deconstruct. They want to build. Right. Um, they don't just want. To, they don't want to critique. They want to collaborate. They don't just want to disrupt. They want to partner in ministry, mm-hmm. and then begin to develop a trust level with them
4: mm-hmm.
2: uh, that we might have, uh, if only ever had with another man in ministry prior mm-hmm. to that. You know, to where we say, "I respect your input as a person. Yeah. And I can tell you're a person of wisdom and discernment." Mm-hmm. And That takes some time.
1: Mm-hmm. So. I'm just going down this rabbit hole a little bit more because I'm intrigued by it. But if if, if there were if a church planner is listening and, and he has a woman like that in his congregation that he'd like to elevate to a more formal role, can mm-hmm. you? I know I didn't prepare you for this question, but can you think of a way <laughs> that he might? Wrong? Yeah, right. <laughs> that he might could uh, he he might could invite her into something more formal. Uh, like how how would you think to approach that?
2: Write the job description.
1: Write a job description.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Write the job description. Say this is the need that I perceive. Yeah. And I think ideally, especially in a church plant, this is easier because you need to combine a bunch of roles. Yeah. Find something that she can do that has a gender specific component, but also has a general component to uh-huh. it so that she understands, hey, we want you as a person, but we also want you as a woman yeah, to be in this capacity.
1: That's so good. Yeah. I can just feel that giving life to women in church planning situations. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Jen, thank you so much for your time. It was a really helpful conversation, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time.
4: Oh,
2: glad to come and be on. Thanks for having me.
1: Not every American Christian is on the same page about the need for new churches, so we've created a material to help pastors and church leaders talk to their congregations about church planting in a way that's compelling and convicting we've created a resource called the Church Planting Primer. And the Church Planting Primer can be used as a small group curriculum, or it can be used for um, your congregation as a whole, maybe on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, or it can be used in other smaller settings, uh, Sunday school classes, or, or even for your leadership team or your missions committee to go through. The Church Planting Primer is four sessions. It starts with the biblical rationale for church planting, moves on to the need for new churches in North America, and then after that, we talk about how churches begin, what are the nuts and bolts of how churches begin the New Testament and how they begin today. And the last session is about how everyday Christians can be involved in starting new churches. This material is absolutely free. It's video-based, downloadable online for your use, and you can find it all at newcityplanting.org.
0: Thank you for listening to the Church Planting Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Today's episode of the Church Planting Podcast is sponsored by New City Network, the church planting ministry of McLean Bible. A special thanks to today's guest, Jen Wilkin. Josh Taransky produced today's show. Zuki Bastian was our showrunner, and her husband, Nick, was our editor. Thanks to Hudson Taransky, who provided administrative and web support for the program, And last but not least, thanks to you for listening through to the very end of the Church Planting Podcast. If you'd like more information about the show, feel free to visit our website, www.churchplantingpodcast.org. There you can find all of our past episodes as well as notes and links from today's show. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Church Planting Podcast. Thank you